Welcome back, people of Fort Worth. We are Fortitude. To my left today is the lovely Brenton Payne, and I am J.W. Wilson. You can find us on lovely. Fortitude FW on social media and social media pl- platforms. Did I get all that right? Yeah. Um, Brenton, question for you. In the Payne household, what do, what's a typical dinner look like? Is it caviar and tomahawk steaks for the boys? I, <laughs> I am slowly m- gravitating towards a liquid dinner. Quite honestly, I sleep much better when I drink a smoothie. Before well, I know dinner. you don't drink alcohol. That's what that no. liquid dinner sounds like. No but. no, but I mean like non-liquid, like a smoothie. But I do have a confession to make to our diabetic friend to the right of me. Jay brought in some donuts this morning. Mm, he did. From QT, which I would imagine is a fine quality donut. <laughs> and I was caught scarfing one down over. I had to hide behind my desk because mm-hmm. I didn't want to upset you. But I did eat one before the show, and so I apologize to both of you before we get started. It's, it's quite okay. We, we, if you want to put that poison in your body, we're not going to stop you. <laughs> but in today in studio, Brenton, we have we have some greatness. We have the wonderful Alex Snodgrass, <laughs> as we all know her, the Defined Dish gal. So, the Defined well, Dish thank lady. Thank you for Welcome being to the here. show, Alex. Thank you for having we're me. We're very, very happy to have you. I'm so, excited to be here. So Alex Snodgrass is from Salina, Texas. Uh, she did go to TCU, so you're already starting off on a, on a good foot with us. I asked a guy I was at the deal last night. I said, where's Salina? Hello, home of the Bobcats. And he <laughs> said, he just said he kept going north, right? He's like, you got, isn't it just far north, north it's, of Dallas? You've got Dallas, Plano, Frisco, Prosper, and then Salina. That was the rhetoric he gave me there like you go. that. He's, yeah, he's spot on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alex is known, uh, if, we don't, if you don't know Alex, you probably haven't been paying attention much because she's everywhere these days, but she's a food blogger, an Instagram influencer, a businesswoman, and a New York Times bestselling author of the Defined Dish Cookbook, which we'll talk about here today. Uh, as we sit today, Alex, you have 620,000 followers on your on your um, social media page, Instagram, correct? Mm-hmm. That's amazing in itself. Congrats to that. We're going to delve into all these cool things. but um, That's like 90x our followers. Yeah, we're, we have about 620 here, period. <laughs> so we're, we're catching up, I think. Yeah, yeah. But great job there. <laughs> Got to start somewhere. Right. So, Real quick, we'll go through the through the bio stuff. We've got some bigger questions to ask you. But growing up with food around you, how, when did when did all this really catch hold? And you knew you had something to go with, and it exploded for you. You know, it was kind of after college, um, after I had Sutton, my first daughter, and I was home, and blogs were just really starting to gain traction. And um, my sister and I had started to find dish as a hobby, and we did that for about two years, just kind of for fun where I realized I really love this. I'm starting to get uh, the swing of it. Um, And it was that time that I thought, you know what, I'd really like to actually try to turn this into a business and see see if anything sticks. It's worth trying and seeing what happens. And that was about, I want to say 2016, 2017. And the rest is history. (laughs) When did you know that it was going well? I'd say right whenever I really decided to rebrand and go all in, it really gained traction really quickly. I think um, my rebrand was really great. The community that was already kind of there from whenever my sister and I had done it, you know, more loosely um, was really excited to see me, you know, put some more effort into it. I was really consistent with how often I've posted um, my blog recipes each week. And then on top of it, it was kind of around the same time the Instagram stories came about. 
And so my audience really got to connect with me and vice versa. I got to connect with them. And that's, I really feel like when the sense of community at the Defined Dish started to really um, gain some traction and everyone really started to connect in a great way. Excellent. But the love of cooking started earlier for you. Yes. So tell us about that. Like, how did that all happen? Yeah. So being from Salina, it's obviously a town that, um, especially when I was there, didn't have any restaurants. So the home home cooked meals were the norm for me growing up. And um, I've always taken an interest in helping my mom or my grandmother in the kitchen. I always just really loved food. Um, and so I was always kind of helping out here and there and kind of talking about what we were going to cook and and when I got to college and we were eating out all the time, I was like, oh, I just want to be at home and I want to have a home cooked meal. Yeah. And so I started calling my mom for recipes um, that I loved that she always made and that I would help her make. And then I, once I mastered those, I just kind of kept going and getting better and better in the kitchen. And I feel like by the time it was post-college and once um, my hu- now husband and I were kind of settled down, I really started to get more creative in the kitchen and more inventive. Oh, very good. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to talk about that, Jen, to here in a sec. But um, <laughs> I would say it's, I think everybody knows, but Whole Whole30 is a big part of where you started and where you're, you've gone with this. Um, I wouldn't call that a fad, but um, that that's a big, powerful thing and a big, powerful force in the food world right now. Do you see the next fad, the next diet craze? Is that not that it's a diet, but is there a next thing that you're privy to think yeah. about? You know, I think for me, Whole30 was like so. It was a really big turning point for me in my life. I was really struggling with postpartum at the time. And I just kind of um, was in this funk and my sister had done a whole 30 and she was like, I really think this might be good for you to just like get some mental clarity. I feel really good after doing this. And at that point I was just kind of willing to try anything. And the whole 30 really changed a lot of my habits in the kitchen. It changed the ingredients that I bought and cooked with. It made me turn around, turn, you know, all the products that I buy in the grocery store, flip them over and see what ingredients was actually in the food that I consume. And so no matter what, even life after whole 30, I will always, it's always going to leave a huge impact on my life. It changed Mm -hmm. everything in the kitchen for me at that time. So it's always going to be a monumental thing for me. Um, even though it is for 30 days, it's not a 365 thing. That's why it's called the whole 30. So I think for me now I'm in this stage of like food freedom and really kind of trying to focus on eating real whole food ingredients. And so, um, do you I don't have know. to do, um, paleo to do the whole 30? So is basically that, it's a, it's a stricter version of paleo. Do you have to do CrossFit then for your workout? Cause <laughs> no, that, you don't. I thought that those were like prerequisites. <laughs> they definitely go hand in yeah. hand. A lot of CrossFit <laughs> people love the paleo, uh, lifestyle, but, um, no, I don't do CrossFit. <laughs> but you can, you could keep that kind of style of eating. Like I did the whole 30 and then I noticed that it kind of changed my eating for a good six months. Like it's sure. just, and you, you still feel... incorporate that stuff, even though you're not doing it all the time. It's mm-hmm. like the ingredients that you cook with the way that you shop at the grocery store. It, I mean, it leaves a lasting impact on you. Yeah. I, in my opinion, it yeah. has for me. All so. right. The first book you did, the Define dish, um, was wildly successful. New York times bestseller. How many copies are we talking about? Is there a number you can um, share with us? You know, I can't remember what the last number was. Over 100,000 copies 100, for incredible. sure. Incredible. That's you, cool. You just thought of that and looked that way and that number came to you. No, I know it's over 100,000, <laughs> but I have no clue where the number no, stands kidding, at this it's point. Because your person back there helped out. That's good. Could we, <laughs> could we dig in a little bit to the business side of making a book of that nature? Yeah. Um, what goes into building a book, a cookbook in 
in your in your experience? Well, it's a, it's a crazy process, but so much fun. Um, so basically, you kind of first got to go into the trying to get a publisher to pick up your book mode and um, create a concept and an outline, and your literary agent will pitch it to publishers or one publisher, depending on what you're trying to get. Um, uh, with my second one, it was more of like a, I pitched it to a lot of them because I kind of was hitting the reset button because it wasn't going to be Whole30 in, endorsed. And my mm-hmm. uh, previous editor had left and gone to a different uh, publishing house. So it's kind of like, let's just start fresh and see what happens. Um, so long story short, you've got to go through that. And then once you get, you get your book picked up, it's like, all right, now, now go make the book. And you're like, okay, what am I supposed to be doing right now? <laughs> well, this is all prior to actually making the book, pitching the idea. Oh, yeah. They accept it. Then you go make the actual book. Yes. How'd you oh, know wow. even where to go? Like, did you just... So at like, the time for my first book, a literary agent approached me. Okay. She was like, hey, um, I know that you make a lot of Whole30 recipes. Um, I would love to pitch you to HMH, who does the Whole30 endorsed books. Mm. Um, I think you'd be great for the next one. Um, they've done a series of them. And... At that time, I was really wanting to publish a cookbook, but I had no clue where to start. I didn't even know that I needed a literary agent, to be yeah. honest. And um, I was asking around to family and friends of like, do you know anyone that's published a book? Like any tips and tricks? And I was kind of having those conversations amongst family and friends when she approached me. So it was really perfect timing. Um, and it was the perfect situation for me. I'm so glad that my first book was Whole30 endorsed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like it was it was perfect for my community at the time and the way that we, that the way that I shared my recipes. And so from there you basically go and you make, you make a bunch of recipes and you don't really talk to anybody for a while. And you're like, am I supposed to be sending you anything? So there's like a six to nine month span, depending on what your turnaround time is of creating the, creating the recipes. And then you go into, okay, now we have to make the book come to life. We have to photograph the whole thing. So with book one, obviously didn't have much of a budget to work with. So I cooked and styled all the food for the, the shoot. We did it in two weeks. And then Kristen Kilpatrick, also a horn frog, um, shot the photos and we somehow piecemealed it together at your home. Make it, you you make a... it in my home. We don't understand piecemeal around here. <laughs> like that concept. We went all big pro there real you quick. Go. Yes. You probably figured that out quickly, right? Yeah. So we, um, we did it and it turned out great. Uh, but I did learn along the way. I'm like, when you're cooking a hundred recipes in two weeks, but you're also trying to like oversee the creative side of it, make sure everything's looking the way that you want it to. You really do need to have like a food stylist. A food stylist would cook the food. They, um, oh, like help. a Guinea pig, huh? Like a Guinea pig. Like would they, Oh, they would cook it to, for the photo. They cook it for the photo. Oh, and I they're, thought it was they're like so good the at it. And I did that with my to... second book. I, I took on a food stylist, um, with my second book. And it helps the process go yeah. much, much more smoothly. Um, but yeah, then you shoot the book and then you go into editing mode and that takes a while. And now my second book, for example, is printing. Um, and that takes a while. And then it's got to ship to all the bookstores. It's a process. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I read in the foreword that you had, uh, I think it was Fran- Fanny. Jeanette and Nani. So how much did they play a part in that first book? Like the inspiration of those yeah, guys? So, uh, Fanny was my nanny growing up. Okay. That's a cool name. <laughs> I know. Fanny the nanny. Yeah. <laughs> she was the best. 
So like, and then my grandmother was Nani. Okay. And then Jeanette was a woman um, that was kind of like my dad's nanny growing up. And they all kind of inspired me as far as like my Southern style of, of inspiration and um, cooking goes. And I was always around them in the kitchen and they were all fabulous cooks. So I learned a lot from them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Mimi was on my mom's side and she cooked more Italian food. So I learned from her on that aspect and my mom, of course. Um, So yeah, they were all super influential. I loved being in the kitchen with them. My most fond memories of all those women are in the kitchen with them. So you think that like, um, kind of the heart transcends into dishes. I mean, without getting too like emotional oh, about it, like, like you can really, I, I mean, maybe that's why fast is, food doesn't always taste that great. You know, yes. smell, yeah. it's, it's like why I was in college of like, I just want to eat a home cooked meal. It just, it just hits different. Yeah. Um, and I think food is again, like so much more than just nourishing your body and what goes into it and the ingredients that are on the back of the label. I think it's also the, you know, gathering on the table with the people that you love and, and being surrounded by, you know, women in the kitchen. It's mm-hmm. like, there's so much history and there's so much culture behind food. It's just the best. Yeah. <laughs> your your yeah. fast food comment hurt our producer's feelings, by the way. He, he, sub, <laughs> he subsists on fast food. By He's the already way. thinking about yes. this yeah. in and out like burgers. The really. Doubles yeah. or whatever. Yes. Yes. I didn't even know one of those came with the doubles, like the number one or whatever. I mean, it was like... <laughs> Meat sandwich. So Alex, you are your brand has steadily grown since you launched it. You're not just defined dish anymore. You're much more than that. I think your home clothing, in some respects, oh. other things. <laughs> well, this is my opinion. Yeah. Uh, what are, any, any new any new product lines coming out in the near future? Yes, we can expect. So uh, we're working on that. Um, Clayton and I, my husband. Um, I know you know him very well, but just in case people listening don't, Clayton and I are working with one other partner and starting from the ground up our own product line. Um, it's going to kind of start off as like dressings and sauces. Um, and that's been a learning curve for sure. We're still working with the food scientists. It's so hard to get recipes to translate to be shelf stable and still taste the way that you want them to. I found. I've Where got- do you find a food scientist? Um, that's where our partner, James Bashir has really come in handy. He's done a lot of, um, great startups and he, he was the perfect partner to just kind of help guide the way, but he found one they're based in Denver. They'll also be our co-packer mm-hmm. and bottle the dressings and do the whole thing. And they have a food scientist on their, on their team. Um, so we've been working with them on getting, I'm going to start off with two sauces. Hopefully they'll be out in March, April ish. What kind of sauce can you say? No. Secret sauce. It's a secret sauce. What's the secret sauce at All American Burger? Remember that movie? I don't think you want to know. (laughs) Yeah, that that was that was trash. Preservatives. But but this, I really want. I don't want them to just be salad dressings. I've made so many different recipes. You gave us a hint. Salad um, dressings. Well, yeah, I already said dressings earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So I want them to be really versatile and help people get really flavorful dishes on the dinner table on a weeknight a little bit faster. But we're you know kind of cutting that part of having to make a homemade dressing if, yeah. if they want that convenience of it. Um, but I've made, I feel like this new product line will also kind of have its own recipe book where they can see different ways that they can use yeah. these yeah. said dressings. And like, a, like kind of as a, sometimes they use salad dressing as a marinade for chicken or something exactly. like that. Or in like different types of tacos or mm-hmm. in a stir fry, like depending on which yeah. one I'm, I'm working with. Did they, is it going to be healthy? Because a lot of oh, yeah. like the Newmans, and st- like you, it's delicious, but I've heard it's not yeah, very healthy. It's really hard to get salad dressings shelf stable that are Whole30 
um, compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not Whole30 approved. That would have to get the stamp, which I'll go through that process with the Whole30 team eventually once we get these yeah. um, recipes nailed down and hopefully we'll get that stamp of approval at some point. But I, I have made the first two at least. They are Whole30 compatible. Besides Alex, can some anyone in here raise their hand if they've ever met a food scientist, you know, in a casual passing? Well, I was going to call myself a food stylist only because they can make something <laughs> look good, but it doesn't always taste good. I think that's fair. Like the stylist prepares a thing for photography. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily taste like it's going to taste if you made yeah, it. Yeah, they, they're great cooks, though, right. too. They usually have yeah. a really extensive culinary background. The girl that did it for me, I mean, she was an incredible cook. Sometimes we just bounce over but certain but it, things when we call back to ourselves your things. <laughs> I don't know any food scientists. I think that'd be cool. Like I don't know. Oh, where, yeah. Do they have like a big degree program at some university for food Scientology? I think they do go to school for it. And like you know, you can't use fresh garlic in a bottle dressing unless it's like done a certain way. So it's I kind of have to translate it, it into garlic powder. It's it's shelf stable longer unless it's in the refrigerator section. Oh, if yeah. you want it to be in the in the pantry, and do you want it in the refrigerated fresh, section? Like that's that's sets it's, it's away. It's harder to get in of... the refrigerated section because there's not enough space. Mm-hmm. So it's harder for me as a product to get my stuff on the shelves there. It's you, a process. We've well, learned a lot. Learned, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. We're learning. Since you, <laughs> We're since, in the middle of it. Since you mentioned him, let's talk about this guy you call Clayton. So <laughs> a he, rowdy man. He, <laughs> you say he's your husband, right? I have known him for a long time. I yes. actually had the privilege of coaching him in high school, which is great. Clayton has taken on a role in in all that you're doing, and one thing in particular that has become a a staple for Clayton is his margarita. Oh yeah, there it's is, popular. There is now a <laughs> Clayton margarita. If you search for the Clayton, it it, it pops populates. up. I yeah, know it's pretty compliant. Definitely not. Definitely not. <laughs> I got a actually, dose of tequila and a <laughs> dose of simple syrup in there for show. Yeah, and I've had one several times. I know you guys have had many of them, but they're they're quite good. Yep. And they're it's unique because I think egg whites is the, the foamy part on top uh-huh. is so unusual, but that's essentially become the the, the best part about it, I think. Yeah, Would for you sure. Agree? Yeah. No, it, it's definitely one of the signature things about his margarita, but he always tells people, and he's true, it's true. It's one of the most popular recipes on my blog. Mm-hmm. If and sometimes it's number one depending on the That's month. Cool. In the summertime, it's up there. <laughs> does like a restaurant ever come and say, "We want this"? Can we have like your signature dish? I mean, or I guess drink? they could just make it. Just oh, just copy. <laughs> oh, sorry. It's up there. I completely it's forgot about there. plagiarism and counterfeit <laughs> in this day and age. My bad. <laughs> no, um, you know, whenever like I did my last book tour, a couple of the places they would make it. Like at, we teamed up with the rustic and did an event in Dallas and they served Clayton margaritas. So we've done some fun events where people will add it to the menu whenever yeah. I'm, I'm there. Yeah. Um, so we, we should have, do that. We should have like a cook off and cook one of your dishes, the same one and see which one tastes better. And then I'll be the blind t- yeah. judge. Yeah, totally. I think that's a great idea. Food styling is also part of the points. Well, we do have For a stylist you, <laughs> in our presence. Someone yes, has already do. self-admitted himself am, as a I'm food stylist. Yeah. Too, just so case. we'll see. It's part of it. Eat with your eyes. So let's talk about for a second the 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 job of an influencer. Safe to say you are that, and people watch what you do and they follow you. And what what does it mean to be a, a social media influencer for those of us who yeah, aren't so familiar? It's, so it's such a crazy word. And like, of course, when I started my food blog, I never ever in a million years dreamed of like what this would turn into and the power of social media and the audience size that I've grown. So it's been it's definitely been a learning curve and definitely the hardest part about my job. 
um, emotionally and mentally, but, um, I don't really know what it necessarily means, but I do think that, you know, we're putting out free content other than like my book every day. I'm providing recipes on my blog, um, that are free in the way that we've made, make money influencers is by doing paid partnerships Mm -hmm. in collaboration. So, um, that's a huge aspect of being a quote unquote influencer. Um, and then the other aspect is just, you know, sharing your day-to-day life and people picking up on what you do and doing similar things and getting tips and tricks from you or, you know, for a fashion blogger, like people will start to dress, you know, get tips and tricks on what to buy and inspiration from them. So I don't know if I have the answer of what a social media influencer is, but um, do they have a, um, a food stylist influencer that oh, comes yeah. to mind? Yeah, my food stylist has a has a um, great account. Oh yeah, Judy Kim. I've seen JW's picture all over that thing. <laughs> have you? Presenting That's dishes. weird. Yeah. I haven't. So, um, safe to say, because people were asking you about fashion and things, is that what drove you into the fashion world? You know, I I would not consider myself. A fashion person. And in fact, I try to avoid answering that question. But if I get enough DMs about something and people are asking me enough about, you know, a sweater that I'm wearing or my sneakers that day, I'll I'll put up a post and, and link to it. And I'll use reward style, which I'll get a small commission off of every sale mm-hmm. as if I can. Um, so, you know, I don't do that that much because I don't want to make my page about that. There was a while there was a while there, like whenever I was smaller and I was starting to grow, people were like, share your clothes. And I start, I did that for a minute. Sorry, I have a frog in my throat because <laughs> I'm in Fort Worth. Um, <clears throat> was that a Fort Worth slam? <laughs> no. But I just felt like it was very unauthentic for me. It didn't feel organic. I felt kind of like, oh, this is awkward. So yeah. if I'm doing something and I'm at an event and people are like, oh, please tell me where you got that dress, I'll share. But I'm not like gonna just be like, look what I'm wearing today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is it hard? Like, do you feel, I mean, you got a lot of stuff going on. Like, is this just a constant pressure? You kind of wired that way to where, Um, what else would I do? You know, like, I love this. I love, I mean, some people, they just love posting, you know, all the time. I definitely don't share as much as I used to. Mm -hmm. I think I've definitely put some walls up over the last couple of years, especially my kids are getting older and social media is getting weirder. And, um, the way that I shared when the Defined Dish was first starting and Instagram stories was first starting, I just shared willy-nilly. I didn't yeah. think about it. I was, you know, like totally, what's the right word that I'm trying to think of? You're just like naive and have no clue, like mm-hmm. the consequences of it. Yeah. Um, and then as it as I've grown and as I've seen the world of social media change ever so drastically, like every day, I'm more cautious and Mm -hmm. I think about things before I share them in my family. And, um, I have a lot of walls up there. So, um, you know, so obviously everybody's giving you lots of positive feedback online. Are there some, is there some bad involved with that as well? Just because the nature of the business? For sure. I think, you know, sometimes people think because they don't know you personally and they're watching you and maybe they're having a bad day or maybe something that you did didn't resonate with them. There's people out there that need to comment on that. Mm-hmm. Whereas most normal people would just be like, oh, that didn't really resonate with me. Move on to the next thing and yeah. don't need to address it. But some people just really have... What do have, they say? I mean, you got ditches of food. Like Are they like, I'm, I tried to cook this and it didn't taste up to yeah, my expectations? Well, I'm willing to hear some good like food yeah. blog comments. And if, if something didn't turn out the right way, like that, I think that is you know good feedback. Um, it's stupid things like... 
ooh, you should wear a belt with that dress. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, just like stupid shit. Is there any I'm comments like, on this? Why like, did you need to tell me that? I feel great today. Like, <laughs> did, did anybody ever say like, oh my God, I would not have put the jalapenos, like the fashion of this photo is just terrible. <laughs> like a fashion, um, food fashion. <laughs> like, oh God. <laughs> This question is just gone real south real quick. It's called food styling. Come on, we just discussed this. (laughs) Um, No, nobody's really said anything about that. But sometimes like, oh, one time I posted like a potato salad and it was real yellow because I put like mustard in. It was so good. Yeah. But it kind of looked like scrambled eggs and people like, oh my God, thought that was scrambled eggs. You know, it's things like that. Which that doesn't, I mean, that's kind of funny. I'm like, you know what? It does look a little bit like that. One time time there was a hair in my food, in my photos. Oh, and no. I posted it, y'all. And somebody, I was so embarrassed. What do they zoom in on it? Like who's well, you got could the- see it. I didn't see it. I was just and I had posted this. It was a stir fry. It was years ago, and it was like still when I was growing, and I was so mortified about it. But you know, you get over. Do you wear hair nets now when you prepare Never. for the photo? And that's shoots another and comment. Things. Like if I'm doing like a video content, they're like, "Put your hair up when you're cooking." I'm like, "I'm not serving anybody. <laughs> this isn't a fucking restaurant." Sure. Sorry, Clayton just the had okay. four of his margaritas. He doesn't care yeah, if there's I'm hair like, in there. I wear my hair down when I cook in my <laughs> yeah. kitchen. Like, yeah. and also I'm on I'm on camera right now. I want to look good, and my hair's down. <laughs> yeah, you get I me mean, from the it's fashion just silly. side of things. Yeah. People just like to poke and probe yeah. sometimes, and for the most part, it's stuff that doesn't. Um, upset you but then sometimes people will go low and like your feelings are hurt and it, it, it used to affect me way more and over the years I've gotten thicker skin about it and yeah I think also just expectations of people and um, everything that's going on in the world all the time I think that's really a hard element of it too and addressing that sometimes and knowing when or when it's authentic for me to talk about things and when it's not and and really just kind of following my gut and my heart and, and, and setting boundaries for myself too on what I share. So it's been a learning curve for sure, but why live, you learn. (laughs) Why is healthy food? It makes you feel really good. Like if you do like two or three days of just healthy food, pay attention producer. It's a, it is crazy. How how good you feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I watched this uh, documentary one time on just food and with sickness and stuff. And the lady was like, you know, you have all these people who do all this external work on themselves. And if they would just eat healthy, like from within, like yeah. it would be amazing. I, what is, where's the separation here? Like what is, is it because you can make more money selling the fast food or like, I don't understand. Can you kind of articulate like all your stuff's you know, healthy and it's like, I, all I can do is articulate like the way that I feel whenever I eat and the, the reasons why I do it. But it's like, you know, you get off track and maybe you go on vacation, you eat all the things and you feel sluggish and your and your brain fog is there. And you're like, I kind of want to like clean up my diet this week. And you, you show up for your workouts every day and you eat really healthy and you cut the alcohol out and you feel amazing. Mm-hmm. And you're just like on cloud nine. And then, and then you kind of start to get off that. But yeah. like right now I've been really, you know, on my better side of behavior as far as like being consistent in the gym being consistent with my diet and I've been feeling so much more energetic and so much happier. And I just feel like when people do that and they do a whole 30, for example, and see that 30 days of how taking care of yourself in turn makes you so much better in every aspect of your life. You're Mm -hmm. a better, you're a happier wife. You're a happier mom in my, you know, circumstance exactly and like just you're just more present um with yourself and your family and everything around you and you just feel good Mm -hmm. so and i think sugar 
everything is sugars and everything. And you don't realize that until you do something like a whole 30 and, and really take a moment to step back and be like, what am I eating? And you have to be the own, you're your own advocate and nobody else can be an advocate for you. And you can make excuses all day, but it's like, it's a lot more expensive to go to the doctor all the time than it is to spend a little extra money and time on keeping yourself as healthy as possible. Yeah. This, I saw this one guy who's like, you know, I'm not against like a coat. He's talking about sugar and and the synthesis of sugar Mm -hmm. and how it's like super sugars that are going into this stuff, that it's not just raw sugar. Right. And he's like, I mean, I'm not against like a cocoa leaf in the jungle, but when they turn it into cocaine, then everybody's against. It's like, it's the same kind of thing, you know, that yeah, it's the ultra processed foods that just aren't good for us. And if you just look at that label, like the added sugars, it's unbelievable. For sure. And there's like you said earlier, like the world of understanding health and, uh, and food and what it does to our bodies is ever changing. And I'm always open to like shift gears whenever new information comes out. And I think, you know, the more, you know, the the better you can be. And it's like, people are always studying it. So do you have smoothie recipes? You know, I'm not a big smoothie person, but I, I do have some smoothie recipes. Have you tried rolling and bowling? No. What is it? Oh, they're based at, they started here at TCU. It was like a food truck originally. And they have it where you can order these little packets of smoothies. Oh, I'm going to get throw that. Throw them in your, in your, that's what I do a yeah. lot because otherwise there's too many options. For sure. I know. <laughs> yeah. It does get a little daunting. Let them do the work for you. Throw Mama. it in there. I just add yeah. some coconut you milk. Have to be the most, if I work at Smoothie King. I, mean, I have water. the patience of Job. Um, I don't know what I want. Uh, can you hang on a second? The line's going mm-hmm. out the door. Okay, yeah. go Tina. You're good. Uh, one of the common things we've heard over the years about this guy you call Clayton, one can only imagine, those common uh, husbands imagine that Clayton, every day of his life, gets to partake of these wonderful dishes <laughs> I mean, is it is it common that Clayton and your family eat these meals you create every day? And- you know, yes, but I think it's also not as glamorous as everyone would think, too. Like some nights I'm just like, here's some roasted Brussels sprouts, here's some roasted mm-hmm. asparagus, and here's some sliced chicken. But usually I get more creative than that because I love to. But some mm-hmm. weeks I'm tired of cooking right. and I'm like, this is what we're eating. Um, but yes. Does they, he ever they rebel? They get served well. Does he ever, like, you get in a marital argument, he's like, I'm going to get a mama's pizza. I'm going to show you, you know, or something like <laughs> no, that. No, no, but he's like, he's his requests for dinner are sometimes comical. I'll be like, hey, we're having some people over, like, what should I cook tonight? And he yeah. is really ambitious. You know this, JW. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think you should make grilled octopus and da da da. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm trying to enjoy myself tonight and not be your caterer. That is crazy <laughs> that you brought up octopus mm-hmm. though, because we had another chef on last week and they that's the thing that their family goes for every time. Yep, Clayton too. loves grilled octopus. What's but I'm deal? like, I'm like, can we just like, you know, throw some burgers on the grill? And like <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. I think also sometimes people come over to our house and it's like they expect yeah, the red carpet, and I'm like, I'm willing to cook a really yeah. good meal for yeah. you, but like, I'm also trying to have fun too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you seen my octopus teacher? That seems to have yes. really hurt the octopus industry. I know, I know. It's hard oh, to eat that. Right. They, they don't though. get those little that was ones. Beautiful. Though. You can't eat was, those little ones. Aren't they the big ones that they get? You don't do those little ones, do they? I, you, why are you asking me? Yeah, I'm, you I'm brought the, the movie. I've business. seen the movie. Yeah, have the, you seen it? The movie it? is fantastic, yes. Yeah. But it makes you not want to have as much octopuses. Yeah, for prior. sure. Yeah. It does. Um, <laughs> a lot of our, our, our female client, our female followers have asked us about your signature drinks, and they're wondering 
if you could possibly do more or if you have more signature drinks in the future coming for a... <laughs> yes, people love the cocktails. Yes, they do. <laughs> so um, you could do a in the new book. There could be a fortitude drink. It could be almost anything, really. A hodgepodge <laughs> of a lot of different things. <laughs> Just yes. make like a, a Long Island iced tea. <laughs> yeah, like yes. everything on <laughs> Whatever the gets you drink drunk. thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's called a suicide. So, suicide, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, so in the new book, there is a chapter called Clayton's Cocktails where we have a lot of cocktails there. So that will be out in December. So they'll have, I can't remember how many recipes, eight to 10. I think there's eight. Um, and yeah, I'll keep doing some more cocktails here and there. It's never like, it's more of like Clayton come up with something new and he trying to get him to sit down and write out a recipe is always tricky. <laughs> Can we talk about the new book real quick? Yeah, of course. So, um, would love to. Yeah. It's <laughs> selling like crazy, right? Yeah. We it, pre-sold a lot. And it doesn't come out until I saw December 28th, so right after Christmas, more yes. or less. Yes. Um, How come right after? Why wouldn't... That's a good question, because everybody's like a, pissed off. No, just kidding. Oh, yeah. Returning. <laughs> that's how the last book was. So it's really more of a, a publishing standpoint. They really, um, to get media and to do any um, local news and, and you know, national news, they don't really want to talk about a healthy book. They were talking about holiday stuff and they're talking about oh, yeah. entertaining. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just less likely for me to get a lot of media around my book until yeah. after Christmas time. Think of how many returns like socks returned and then you could just go pick up your book the days after Christmas. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> like bad gifts. It shows if you pre-ordered, it'll show up at your doorstep on the 28th. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. So That's a pretty good idea. It's a yeah, little idea. after Christmas gift. Yeah. So we're putting together some things that like people can, if they, a lot of people want to gift the book and that's the, that, and I really tried to get my publisher to p- publish it before. Cause I'm like, okay, I understand the media thing, but I'm willing to do media a little bit afterwards. Yeah. And, they were just like, this is when we need to do. You know, this is the right though, thing to do. Like when you think about people, though, making a new start, that's typically the time frame when they're like, all right, I've eaten so much crap yeah. during the holidays. Now I want to get healthy. Yeah. Let me go get a book. So it's For sure. probably. And that was that's why the Whole30 endorsed books. And that's why the publisher did it then, because it was really centered around. January Whole30 is a really big time for people to do a Whole30. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that made sense for that book. And this book is is an extension of that. It's got a ton of Whole30 recipes. So yeah. um, it does kind of follow this book's lead. But um, it's really the media stuff is the main point. Yeah. You told me prior, um, there's a story behind book number two of how it got filmed and photographed. It was happening oh, really a tumultuous time in, in that yes. city. Can you share that story with us? Oh my gosh. So whenever uh, the team, well, first of all, I was trying to, even schedule this whole shoot. And I was like, I don't want to shoot at my house this time. Last time when Chris and I did book one, it was just a total shit show and <laughs> it's just really stressful. Yeah. And there's just food everywhere. The, the house is a disaster. She's got like her whole studio is set up in my living room <laughs> and then I'm in the kitchen with, and it looks like a bomb went off. Um, and so with the second book, I was like, let's, let's do it in a studio. Let's do it a little uh, the more professional way. Mm-hmm. But it was also in the middle of the pandemic and like, a lot of people weren't comfortable with with us flying in to either New York or LA to do that. Oh yeah. And so I had like a couple people booked out to do that and it just like kept not coming through. So I was like, all right, we're doing it at the house again. Let's do this. And so Judy flew in with her um, assistant and they stayed in an Airbnb and then Kristen and her digital tech, the photographer stayed in an Airbnb and then we were at the house and every day everyone would come to the house and we'd shoot. Well, week one goes by. Everything's good. Well, that weekend, the snowstorm, snowpocalypse oh hit in Texas. 
So they all had to come stay at our house because all their electricity was out. Luckily, my house electricity never went off. We had, I think it was 12 people at the house because Katie stayed there because she didn't want to drive in the snow all day. Yeah, well, we did. (laughs) We did for a while. We finally were like, okay, we've all been together for over like eight days. So let's take off the mask. But um, so we... um, so we all get there and then Taylor, who also works with me whenever I do my cookbook, she kind of comes on her house electricity went off. So her and her husband and their dog came to say, so we had so many people. Our house was like a giant hotel. It was a disaster. It was a disaster. That stuff's fun for like the first night, right? <laughs> and then we ended up having a lot quickly. of fun together and yeah. we all bonded so much. Yeah. And like it's a time well, that we'll never chef, forget. But I it was mean, also got a pro cook there. Of well, course. we luckily had. Well, the other thing was, is the grocery stores were shopped out. So we had kind of well, luckily Judy had shopped for like ahead of time. We had a, a lot of the stuff ready to go. Um, but also there was like loose ingredients that are more fresh that we needed for some yeah. of the salads that we needed to buy the day of or the day before. And we were like in the mornings, okay, let's divide and conquer and see which grocery store has kale today. Yeah. <laughs> like, I was going to ask crossed. you a grocery store question about Salina. Like when you lived up there growing up, we drove to Frisco. Is that what happened? Mm-hmm. Cause I was going to think about like, did those ingredients, you know, that you were able to get or not, you know, in yeah. a not really big metropolitan area kind of dictate the way the food was made and For stuff sure. like that? Like we ate a lot of like more Southern style food, meatloafs and things. <laughs> Starches. <laughs> like the classics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pastas. Uh, my mom made lasagna a lot. Um, yeah, we had a lot of starches. My dad's a meat and potato guy himself. Yeah, and they like their things, and like it's like a routine. Like we had the same things growing up. My mom's a really good cook, though. Yeah, she just made the same things is over and over again. Better than you? Is Definitely it, not. Is it competitive ever in that regard? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm I'm just more of a creative in the kitchen. She's more like this is a recipe that I really know how to make, mm-hmm. and I know how to make it really well. And she's taught me so much in the kitchen. I mean, she's a really good cook. My wife has a cookbook from like her mom and her mom's nanny, yeah. you know, and stuff. And it's cool. Like, do you have some of those pages? Like, oh, that are I have all my grandmothers on my dad's side, her recipe cards, yeah. handwritten. Yeah, there's, and it's super cool to and just it's look really at those. Fun. Like in my new book, um, there's a Texas tamale pie, mm-hmm. which it's not a tamale and it's not a pie, but it's, you know, one of those casseroles from back in the day that everyone made. It was like wolf brand chili with cornbread on top. Delicious. <laughs> so I remade Sounds a paleo good. rendition. Is that vegan, um, J-Dub? It's not vegan, so. but, you, <laughs> but um, I remade a, a better for, like, you know, cleaner ingredient version yeah. of it in my uh, new book. So I got a lot of inspiration from her cards kind of flipping yeah. through. I'm like, I want those like cozy meals that we grew up eating, but made in a more wholesome way. So I had some fun with but that too. But the Wolf too. brand that it says it's healthy on the front, like it says all natural ingredients and things yeah, that like that. Yeah, that can't be true. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Alex, all the th- all the recipes you created and, and put out there, is there some one of the recipes you're most proud of or the one you want to be known for, if that's a fair question? You don't know. And I think it's like one of those things that when I first started my blog, I'm like, I'm, I didn't go to culinary school. My recipes are very approachable and simple. And at first I was like, am, are they not impressive enough? And what I've realized over the years, it's like there's a need for just ease in the kitchen of something that tastes really flavorful and delicious, but comes together very quickly. That isn't any sort of special techniques being involved. And I feel like I do that really well. So, um, and I'm sticking to that and I don't need to be any more fancy than that. Also, so, I think that's any, what I'm um, known for. As we kind of wrap it up, you have any regrets or like do overs? I mean, 
you couldn't control the weather that day on the photo shoot, but anything, you know, <laughs> yeah, that would like be great, anything but... that you look back and go, man, I really no. like I was thinking about the book thing. Even when you said you pitched to a bunch of publishers, I'd get worried they'd steal your ideas or recipe, you know, or the conceptually. So no, and, no. I, I mean, at the end of the day, like a lot of cookbooks have very similar themes and mm-hmm. ideas, like mm-hmm. super simple dinners or yeah. whatever. And so they, you know, at the end of the day, it's just who's the person making the recipes and what t- style of recipes are yeah. they? Um, that helps us kind of differentiate ourselves. But, you know, I don't have any regrets. I feel like even the the obstacles that have come along the way have been the best learning curves. And um, I feel like I'm pretty nimble and and willing to make mistakes and and admit when I'm wrong and and learn as I go. And I think that's the beauty of being a, a businesswoman yeah, and so. businessman. Yeah. In, <laughs> yeah. uh, in your mind, Alex, uh, you've li- you've gone to school in Fort Worth. You've lived in Dallas a better part of your life. You have a, do you have any opinions on Dallas versus Fort Worth? (laughs) I am not going there. No, (laughs) I love, I love Dallas and I love Fort Worth so much. Like they're both home to us. We spend so much time in Fort Worth Mm because Clayton's family's still here. So many of our best friends are, we go to a lot of TCU games. Um, So we, I feel like we're kind of split between the two. They're both so unique, but similar in some ways, but, um, I, I can't pick favorites. What's the biggest difference between Dallas and Fort Worth? Let's stick to restaurants and food. Is there anything? I feel like noticeable? when we come to Fort Worth, it's a little bit more of a bubble mm-hmm. for us. Like sure. we get with our friends, we kind of do the same thing. And, and that's really comforting and, right. and lovely. It's like that routine that you have. Whereas in Dallas, it's just a little bit more like kind of all over the place mm-hmm. with what we do in a week and who we hang out with and what's right. going on. Like it's we, like a bigger city. I mean, it I know is, it's, it's not a lot bigger. You know, yeah. but like it, we're growing and stuff, but yeah, it's got, it's, I think that's the biggest mm-hmm. difference for us. That like we you notice. better be done, better be, um, have had your dinner by 10 o'clock in Fort Worth and Dallas dinner time could be up till two, three, oh. four. I no, think we're still, want, we're not eating that late. <laughs> well, of course. But if you wanted to here, oh, there's yeah. like a definitive defin- um, line. You can hit that after, you know, this is true. This is true. Boobies closes at nine. So they don't, don't really serve after you know five. I'm, I'm sure right. JW's eaten. Yes, when I, a lot of Luby's, yeah. I think Luby's is actually gone now. Is it not? It is. It was closed down. I can't oh, imagine really? Yeah. Sorry, Luby's. There's still a Ryan Steakhouse right by there, but is there, Alex? Is there a constant pressure? Do you feel being an influencer, being always having to post and do things and create? Do you feel a pressure on you all the time to um, come up with the next idea? Yes and no. I think um, the algorithm, the way that Instagram wants creatives like myself to perform and post is really hard, but I do feel like I have a really strong community already behind the, the fine dish. And if I stall out at six thirty for a year, like or two years, I'm okay with that because I know they're there for my recipes. And like, I, I just am not willing to sell my soul to the Instagram devils and, and, and go that route. And that's, then that's another reason why I am trying to diversify my income and trying to start a product line and try to do other things because I know that at some point I'm not going to be a quote unquote influencer for the rest Mm -hmm. of my life. And I need to find other ways to monetize my business so that I can continue to do what I love for my community. Um, and so that's been definitely a priority for me. Um, so yeah, there's a pressure for sure, but I also try to, put my sanity and my family and myself up, up there. And, and I think social media can have a really negative impact on your, your mental capacity Mm -hmm. and just your emotional Mm -hmm. state. And so I really try to not let that happen to me. And I'm like, at the end of the day, if I didn't post for three days, like 
that's fine. Right. Nobody really notices. Yeah. That's the a only good answer. That's a answer. What's the yeah. hardest part about being you? <laughs> Just, I guess, always trying to be on and, and people's ex, trying to meet expectations of sure. people. I think, um, you know, it's, it's a lot of pressure sometimes. Yep. Well, <laughs> okay. Uh, you've done an amazing job. Yeah. So. Yeah. so we always end the show asking this question, like family aside, you can't have, you know, no weddings or birth of kids or anything like that. Like what's the, what's been the best day of your life? Um, when I became a New York Times bestseller, I'm going to cry. Yes. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, I mean, yeah. I never, ever expected that to happen. It was yeah. quite wonderful. Uh, <laughs> was, it, was it a phone call saying, Alex, guess I what? I got an email from my editor and my, it was just myself and my two daughters. And we were living in um, downtown at the time because we were remodeling our house. And it popped up immediately on my phone. It's like, well, you're on the bestsellers list. And I just started screaming. And my girls are like, screaming about yeah, you know they yeah, start cheering yeah. with me and i'm like i am a new york times bestseller and they're like they have no clue what that means but we were all screaming together and it's a moment i'll never forget was that really special an aspiration from the beginning i mean it's like you know, of it's course like do? when you're writing a book you're like wouldn't it be cool if that happened but i was like there's no way i'm yeah. gonna get that but like that would be cool yeah that's great that's great <laughs> so, yeah it was incredible yeah. i'm really proud of that for sure as, as you should be well alex snodgrass the defined dish thank you for your time we've loved it you're doing a hell of a job thank Keep you Keep on going uh, yes. You make a lot of people happy with what you do, and that in itself is the best part about you. Well, thank so, you. Great thank job. You. Thanks for having me. And a shout out to Melanie Pate. Happy 40th birthday. We love you. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm playing the music while we're talking. Wow.